The twins came up behind him. They were gasping for breath, for it had been a hard pull up the curve of the hill. Keep out to the side. You'll get in my way, Sean panted at his brother, and Garrick moved to obey. Sean was his senior by four inches in height and twenty pounds in weight. This gave him the right to command. Sean transferred his attention back to the dog. Put him up, Tinker. Seek him up, boy. Tinker's tail acknowledged Sean's instructions, but he held his nose to the ground. The twins followed him, tensed for the bird to rise. They carried their throwing sticks ready and moved forward a stealthy pace at a time, fighting to control their breathing. Tinker found the bird crouched flat in the grass. He jumped forward, giving tongue for the first time, and the bird rose. It came up fast on noisy wings, whirling out of the grass. Sean threw. His carry whipped past it. The pheasant swung away from the stick, clawing at the air with frantic wings, and Garrick threw. His carry cartwheeled up, hissing, until it smacked into the pheasant's fat brown body. The bird toppled, feathers flurried from it, and it fell. They went after it. The pheasant scurried broken-winged through the grass ahead of them, and they shouted with excitement as they chased it. Sean got a hand to it. He broke its neck and stood laughing, holding the warm brown body in his hands, and waited for Garrick to reach him. Ring-a-ding-a-doody-gerry, you sure gave that one a beauty. Tinker jumped up to smell the bird, and Sean stooped and held it so he could get his nose against it. Tinker snuffled it, then tried to take it in his mouth, but Sean pushed his head away and tossed the bird to Garrick. Garrick hung it with the others on his belt. How far do you reckon that was? Fifty feet? Garrick asked. Not as much as that, Sean gave his opinion. More like thirty. I reckon it was at least fifty. I reckon it was farther than any you've hit today. Success had made Garrick bold. The smile faded from Sean's face. Yeah? he asked. Yeah, said Garrick. Sean pushed the hair off his forehead with the back of his hand. His hair was black and soft, and it kept falling into his eyes. What about the one down by the river? That was twice as far. Yeah? asked Garrick. Yeah, said Sean truculently. Well, if you're so good, how did you miss this one, eh? You threw first. How come you missed, eh? Sean's already flushed face darkened, and Garrick realized suddenly that he had gone too far. He took a step backwards. You'd like to bet? demanded Sean. It was not quite clear to Garrick on what Sean wished to bet, but from past experience he knew that, whatever it was, the issue would be settled by single combat. Garrick seldom won bets from Sean. It's too late. We'd better be getting home. Pa will clobber us if we're late for dinner. Sean hesitated and Garrick turned, ran back to pick up his carry, then set off in the direction of home. Sean trotted after him, caught up with him and passed him. Sean always led. Having proved conclusively his superior prowess with the throwing sticks, Sean was prepared to be forgiving. Over his shoulder he asked, What color do you reckon Gypsy's foal will be? Garrick accepted the peace offering with relief, and they fell into a friendly discussion of this and a dozen other equally important subjects. They kept running, except for an hour when they had stopped in a shady place by the river to roast and eat a couple of their pheasants, they had run all day. Up here on the plateau, it was grassland that rose and fell beneath them as they climbed the low round hills and dropped into the valleys. The grass around them moved with the wind, waist-high grass, soft dry grass, 
the color of ripe wheat. Behind them and on each side, the grassland rolled away to the full range of the eye. But suddenly in front of them was the escarpment. The land cascaded down into it, steeply at first, then gradually leveling out to become the Tugela Flats. The Tugela River was twenty miles away across the flats, but today there was a haze in the air so they could not see that far. Beyond the river, stretched far to the north and a hundred miles east to the sea, was Zululand. The river was the border. The steep side of the escarpment was cut by vertical gullies, and in the gullies grew dense, olive-green bush. Below them, two miles out on the flats, was the homestead of Tunis Kral. The house was a big one, Dutch-gabled and smoothly thatched with combed grass. There were horses in the small paddock, many horses, for the twins' father was a wealthy man. Smoke from the cooking fires blewed the air over the servants' quarters, and the sound of someone chopping wood carried faintly up to them. Sean stopped on the rim of the escarpment and sat down in the grass. He took hold of one of his grimy bare feet and twisted it up into his lap. There was a hole in the ball of his heel from which he had pulled a thorn earlier in the day, and now it was plugged with dirt. Garrick sat down next to him. Man, is that going to hurt when Ma puts a hairdine on it? gloated Garrick. She'll have to use a needle to get the dirt out. I bet you yell, I bet you yell your head off. Sean ignored him. He picked a stalk of grass and started probing it into the wound. Garrick watched with interest. Twins could scarcely have been less alike. Sean was already taking on the shape of a man. His shoulders were thickening, and there was hard muscle forming in his puppy fat. His coloring was vivid, black hair, skin brown from the sun.